Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of BBP News and another episode of Good News Saturday. We are back. It is the first Saturday of August, which means we are here with Good News Saturday, one of my favorite shows to do. And I know, I know I'm a broken record for any of you who have listened to this show before. You have heard me say a thousand times that this is one of my favorite shows to record and to bring to you guys. But it's one of those things that I'll probably repeat every time (laughs) because it's just one of those episodes that I look forward to every single month. It's one of those that is just so fun to put together, so fun to bring to you guys. And really, I just get to run across some neat stories along the way. And a lot of those get shared with you guys. They really do. A couple slip through the cracks. They just don't quite make the show or whatever. But there are some other amazing ones that I do find. I found an amazing one uh, when looking for stories for this one. It was adorable. There was a seal that just kind of casually walked into a hardware store. Just kind of casually walked in, was hanging out in the aisles, having a good time. Not bothering anyone. Not bothering any of the products or anything like that. Just chilling. And, you know, the workers had to get crafty. It was a Monday morning. So they had to get crafty and and really think outside the box for a Monday. They got to wake up in a different kind of way for the work week and uh, use boxes of, like, refrigerators and ovens to, you know, just kind of make a makeshift pen until they could get the conservation department out there to bring the seal back to the water. I love it. It's just adorable. Seals, anything to do with seals is just amazing. That's like an unofficial first good news story of the day. But those are the types of stories that I kind of come across that sometimes they make it in. It's just a nice little funny story. And sometimes they don't. But either way, I love them. And I, like I said, just love bringing this episode to you guys and i hope you enjoy this one as well so let's jump right into the action here with story number one and we all know about the actor and writer strike you know if you've been watching the news at all if you've been following us on especially on clubhouse we've talked about it quite a bit over there uh you'll know about the actor and writer strike you know it started off as just the writers as they were having Issues with negotiations with the producers in Hollywood over their new contracts. And so they've been on strike for quite some time. The actors joined them a couple of weeks ago. But as this fight drags on, there's one thing that can kind of slip under the table, kind of slip under the rug. And that's the fact that, you know, sometimes we think that, especially, you know, The actors on this strike make a lot of money, and some of them do, absolutely. A lot of the writers don't. You know, we we might think of these writers on these major shows and movies as making a lot of money, but there are a lot that don't. And according to one writer who is part of the SAG union, only about 12% of the writers are able to even afford the union's health care plan. And so 
a lot of them don't make a lot of money at all. A lot of them, you know, just can't afford a lot of things. And this writer strike has actually been hard on them financially. And so a food bank is now stepping in. They are giving these writers a cart of food from Monday through Saturday. And all they have to do to get it is to show their SAG or their WGA card, their union card. And this isn't the only example of someone stepping in to just kind of provide an assist and a little extra help for these writers. There have been others who have brought lunches to writers and done all kinds of little things like that, whether it's making food, bringing food, bringing different things. You know, it's just these little ways of helping out until this whole thing drags, you know, until it all comes to an end. Because you know that there are some that wouldn't strike, you know, that that want to work, that would work for the money that they were already set to get. And some of them really need that money. But while this drags on, they are at least getting some support from places like food banks and from, you know, other people, other individuals willing to step in and lend a helping hand. So it's a nice little gesture and it's a good way to open our show. But we move on to story number two and we move all the way across the country from California to New York as first grade teacher Alvin Irby went into his local barber shop one day and was sitting there waiting when he just kind of looked around and noticed that there was about a first grade, you know, age boy waiting there in the barbershop as well. And so Irby kind of took it as a good opportunity to help the boy read. And it was just an impulse decision an impulse you know, automatic choice to be like, hey, you know, this boy's waiting. He's not really doing much at the moment. Let's see if he's interested in reading and learning to read. And sure enough, he was. And this was a decision that changed Irby's life. As five years after that, he is now the head of a massive nonprofit by the name of Barbershop Books in which they have donated over 50,000 free books to barbershops across 24 different states. And the whole purpose is to help kids become excited in reading and practice reading in different environments. You know, they'll go in and maybe they're waiting for their turn to get their hair cut or maybe they're waiting for, you know, their parent or their friend or whatever else. And so they're just kind of sitting there. It's a good time to practice reading. And this was the philosophy from Irby. And really his goal is twofold. A, he just wanted to get kids excited about reading. 
and get these kids into books. Because as we move further and further into the future here, obviously, technology has become a dominating force. And sometimes books pay the price for that, along with many other things. But books are one of the things that pay the price. And so Irby is trying to fuel that excitement again. But not only that, there are a lot of kids that we don't really realize have a lot of trouble with reading especially at that age, right? They're still learning to read. They're still learning to really get into books and things like that. And he actually said something that I've included here that really seems to make sense. You know, he said, if you only practice the piano at your piano lessons, chances are your progress is going to be very slow. Right, You're not actually going to learn a ton if you're not practicing in other environments, if you're not practicing at home or in any other place that might have a piano, right? Well, the same thing goes for something like reading. If you're only practicing in the classroom, chances are it's not going to be enough. Chances are you're going to make very slow progress in your reading level. And so this is just another way, another environment to try and help kids practice reading and the barbershops have taken different steps to make the books look even more appealing rather than just showing the spines of the book like if they were on a normal bookshelf they have found a way to display them so that the covers show to try and capture the kids attention more readily which i think is you know a super smart move you show the cover, you might have a picture there and catch, catch their attention right away. And so you all of a sudden have these kids in an environment that you really wouldn't think of going over and reading, having a good time while they're just waiting. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's a huge move and crazy that... This nonprofit, again, Barbershop Books, could just spark to life and become so huge just because one man was sitting in a barbershop and saw saw a boy of the same age as his students also waiting and thinking, hey, I wonder if this kid wants to read. Amazing. It's absolutely insane. I absolutely adore this one. It's just an incredible idea, through and through. But we move on to another story that touches my heart. And Emily Dickerson lost a ring with her father's ashes. Her father had passed away when she was seven years old, and she had worn that ring pretty much every day ever since to remind her that you know her father's always with her. And one day... In her later high school years, she had a concert with her school choir. And following that concert, they went to the beach. You know, they had a nice little celebration at the beach. We're having a good time. And she didn't want to lose her rings. She had multiple, including the ring with her father's ashes. She had a couple from other family members as well. 
along with her boyfriend. So she took them all off and she put them in a place that she thought, you know, no robber would think to look. Anyone who's looking to seal the rings, they wouldn't think to look there. And that was in a subway container. Okay. But this didn't turn out to be the best plan as after she came out of the water, she completely forgot that the rings were in that box. And so she just threw the box away. Just tossed it out in the trash. And it wasn't till a little while afterwards that she realized what happened and what she had just done and was absolutely freaking out. So she called her mom and went home and tried to figure out what to do. Her mom called the, you know, beach service to try and see if they could get it back. But by that point, everyone had already gone home. You know, there were no workers still at the offices there. And so they had to wait till Monday morning when someone returned because at that point it was the weekend. No one was going to be in. And the person that saw the voicemail was Laura Perez, the director of the beach services. And she immediately sprung into action because the trash bins were set to be emptied half an hour before she saw the email or the voicemail, excuse me, the voicemail. And so she was immediately calling around to the nearby beaches. And one of her workers at that beach that Emily was at said that the trash bin was still there, that there was still time. And so they immediately jumped into the trash. I'm not even kidding. They went dumpster diving. Laura Perez, Jesse Martinez, and Robert Trevino all jumped into action and went dumpster diving for several hours. They looked through this trash until they came across the bag with the subway boxes. And once they found those, they opened each box one by one. To look for the rings. And it was in the last bag. That they searched. In which they found the container. And at first they only found the cremation ring. They only found that one. But Emily was asking them. To find the rest. And they didn't stop. They didn't stop. They continued looking until they found all four rings. The dedication in this one is incredible. The fact that they spent hours in the 100 degree heat from trash that had been sitting there in 100 degree heat for three days. The, I, I don't even have the right words to explain how incredible that actually is. And how, you know, just how kind that gesture is. They spent hours in just steamy garbage. Literally what it was. Until they found these four rings. That meant the world to Emily. So these workers get 
the biggest pat on the back, the biggest round of applause, because that is incredible. Absolutely incredible. But now we move into story number four, our final story of the day. And this one is again as heartwarming as it gets in my book. Seven-year-old Alex was born without an arm. According to his mother, the pregnancy was normal. There was nothing to worry about until he was actually born and they discovered that he was missing one arm. And so, of course, for several years, for several birthdays, Alex was left wishing that his arm would grow. That all of a sudden he would wake up one morning and that other arm would be there. But of course, this never happened. And even more heartbreaking, especially for the parents watching it, was he had been signed up for the list to get a prosthetic arm. He was on the list for three years. All throughout the pandemic era. And... It wasn't until his parents went to an event for a bionic arm that everything changed. They went to the event and thought that this would be an incredible opportunity. Now, this arm, very costly, of course, $16,000 or about 12,700 British pounds. And so they put up a fundraiser. They put up a fundraiser online to try and raise the money for this arm. But James Anderson stepped in. James Anderson is someone that we have talked about on this show before for the work that he has done to provide services for those who are elderly or for those who are struggling to pay their rent. And James Anderson saw this fundraiser and he stepped up. He said, I'm not just going to provide, you know, a small donation or even a medium donation. No, 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 no. I'm going to pay for the entire arm. And that's exactly what he did. James Anderson paid the full amount for Alex's new arm. And Alex has this arm now, and it's incredible. It's not just a prosthetic. Like I said, this is a full-on bionic arm. He can do pretty much anything that a normal person would do. And granted, he is a normal person. He was just missing an arm, and now he has that arm. He's as normal as it gets now, pretty much. He can pour his own drinks now. You know, he can fish with his dad. This was one of the most heartwarming part was reading the quotes from him and his dad about being able to fish together and Alex being able to cast his own line and reel in his own line, catch his own fish all on his own. No need for help anymore. He can fish right alongside his dad now, which is just, the most wonderful 
and heartwarming thing. I'm not crying. You're crying. <laughs> and, you know, this arm is just incredible. He can pick up something as small as a pin. Like, it is as close to a natural arm as it gets. And so Alex no longer has to wish for his other arm to grow. Thanks to James Anderson and the things he does, Alex now has his new arm. Just absolutely beautiful. I don't think I have any more words for this one. I think I am truly without words on this one. (laughs) Because it is just so amazing. And in my book... It is a perfect way to end today's show. Now, I hope you guys enjoyed this one. Join us on Clubhouse today if you want to hear more. If you want to see more stories and get an even brighter start to your month, follow the link in the show notes. Join the house, BBP News Broadcasting. Join us live or listen to the replay afterwards if you can't join us at 2 p.m. Listen to the replay and really just jump into more good news, more positive stories. It's going to be great. I hope you guys enjoyed this one. We'll be back here tomorrow morning for an episode of What to Expect this week. That will be the week of August 6th, so don't miss out on that. But until then, you guys, we'll see you later. Have a great rest of your Saturday. Bye.